0: Amen. Good morning. morning. Welcome to our services today. We're really glad you're here. If you consider yourself a visitor, you are a special guest, and we are really thankful that you're here with this family at this time. I want to thank Ethan for the song service and for the prayers, and especially thank all of y'all for being here and making this service what it is. You know, we go through life and we have a lot of different things that go on in our lives. We all do. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about God's strength being made perfect. Now, some of you may know where this verse is found. Some may not. That's not really important at this time. But the point is, we serve A mighty God. Our God is awesome. He has demonstrated that since the creation of heaven and earth. There are untold examples of his might and his power. All we have to do is just look at this book and read it and see it. Just a few things, like Noah and the flood. You know, the flood is something that when I was a youngster, that was kind of up for debate. There were those that did not profess to believe in God, that denied the existence of the flood. Science and history, which is always on God's side, Has proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's really not even a subject that's debated anymore. This Earth was covered with water at one time. Yet, Noah
1: and his family are the
0: only survivors of that flood. God did that. God delivered man over and over again. The scriptures from calamities. Excuse me. One of those things that I think about from time to time is Elijah at a period of time in history when the Syrians were trying to conquer Israel. So Elijah was the prophet serving in the land at that time, and he would have revealed to him the military plans the Syrians had for moving and taking Israel we find this in second kings i think it's chapter 6 but you know it got so bad that the Syrian king called his commanders together and he said somebody's in here's a spy because every time we set our plans in order the hebrews know about them before we execute them and they're always there to thwart us and they said no king it's not it's not the case there's a prophet of God in Israel named Elijah and he is telling the Hebrews what our plans are and what we're gonna do he's the one revealing this because God is revealing it to him and you know you'd think maybe the king would have a little common sense and he say well if God's on their side that much maybe I need to abandon this project but no he being a having the infinite wisdom of a king he decides well the thing we're gonna do is go get Elijah and we'll end this right now and Elijah happened to be staying in a little bitty mountain community called Dothan. now it's not a big city not even a town it was more like a hamlet or a village up in the mountains he has a young man that's his servant uh, they get up one morning and they see the Syrian army and campus completely around hundred and sixty thousand battle-hardened troops have surrounded this little hamlet up in the mountains of Israel and they're there for one purpose and that's to either take or eliminate Elijah from the field and of course Elijah's servant sees this, and he says, we're done in. There's no way we can escape this. Look, they're, they're everywhere. We can't get past this. It's over. It's now time for us to get ready to go meet the Lord because we can't survive this. Oh, Elijah, he just looked out. He asked God to open the eyes of this young man so he could see what Elijah could see. And God did and what did he see hundreds thousands of fiery chariots and angels scattered out all over the place all around those Syrian troops he got to see the angelic army of God prepared to go to battle he got to see that Wow wouldn't that have been something to observe? And that's where the saying is created. There are more that be for us than be against us. You need to remember that. Of course, we know the end of the story. Elijah prayed that God would not strike all these soldiers dead, and he didn't. He struck them with blindness. Elijah led them out of the mountains. They abandoned all their weapons of war, and they took them down onto the plain with the israeli army which elijah said don't hurt these people they fed them they gave them to drink and they sent them back home and the threat from syria was ended that's just one of many examples of what god has done for his people through history just think about it elijah and the syrian army god parted the red sea Remember that story? Moses and the Hebrews got to the Red Sea, and God parted it, and they crossed on dry land. And the Egyptian army, the most powerful army on the face of the earth at that time, was totally destroyed by God with that same Red Sea just a few hours later. God raised Lazarus from the dead, and he didn't do it in secret. There was a whole multitude of people there from Jerusalem and all the surrounding areas that got to see that happen. Lazarus is not the only one he raised from the dead. He raised several people from the dead that we know of that are recorded in this book, not the least of which is our Lord and Savior that he came out of the tomb on the third day. No, we serve a mighty, powerful God. But I sometimes wonder if we being removed from these events of 2,000-plus years ago kind of don't really buy into that anymore. You know, maybe we don't really trust God to deliver us from our adversities that we sometimes think that that's for biblical times that's old news that's stuff written thousands and thousands of years ago we don't really trust god to do that for us Does that sometimes happen to you where you've got a problem in your life that God's not really the first source you go to for help. Because we really don't believe God's promise to his people. It's too far removed from our current existence. Our situation's different. Our problems are different. We've got more problems than they had then. Let's go to Psalms 28. Verse 6 and 7. This, of course, is David writing here. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. Do you trust in God? Do you really trust in God? Do you have the faith to trust in God to let him deal with your problems and your burdens, your issues? Or do you really feel like, <clears throat> as I went admit, i felt from time to time, it's my problem, I'll deal with it. Let's turn to First Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth from you. Does this describe you? Does it describe me? Cast all my cares on God. Where's the limitation here? Where's God saying, oh, you cast every, all the big stuff on me. I'll, I'll deal with the big stuff you handle. Where, where's that? What does all mean? Does this describe you or me? That we would cast all our cares on God and trust him to handle them? I'm afraid that in a lot of cases what we do, even as God's people, we take the attitude that we're going to ignore our problems. You know, it's really not that bad. Nobody really knows about this. So... We we'll just kind of hide it. We won't deal with it. We'll just let it go. Or maybe it gets so bad that it starts to affect the way we view ourselves. That ever happened to you? You know, we realize that the things that are in our life that are affecting our actions and our behaviors. That put us in a position that we really don't love ourselves anymore. And when that happens, what do we do? We run away. We quit showing up at church. We quit going to family gatherings. We start isolating ourselves from those who love us and know us best because we don't love ourselves so there's no way anybody else can love us. We've got a mess. So that's the easiest way to handle it just run away or maybe we take the approach that hey this isn't my fault i'm sure all of you have seen that no this is this is not on me because it's somebody else's fault they did this to me so this is what you know i mean it's not my fault circumstances are beyond my control it's not my responsibility It's a problem, yes, but don't blame me. I don't have to deal with it. Let somebody else deal with it. Or this is a really good one that I probably am guilty of much more than I like to admit. We take the bull by the horns and we resolve that I got this and I'm going to fix it. I put myself in this mess. I'm going to take care of it. Is that you? You think you're able to handle anything? And God's really not coming up in our thought processes on how to deal with this because we're so committed to doing it ourselves that we don't ever think to go to God. All our cares? Isn't that what Peter said? Cast all our cares on him? he care for us do we do that and then probably the most destructive of all of these behaviors is we just give up and we start becoming depressed we tell ourselves that I am no good nobody cares it's not my fault you know we just kind of roll all this stuff together and we get depressed, and then our life tends to spiral out of control, and it's not spiraling up. It's going down the drain because depression will destroy us. I know some of us have dealt with depression. It will destroy you. And all we got to do is cast our cares on God and trust him to take care of them. We have to seek God. Seek him and know his ways. We have to be quiet. You know, it's one thing to pray to God to help us to lay our burdens at his feet, to talk about them to God. But then do we adopt the attitude of being quiet? Psalms 46 and 10, be still and know God. Be quiet and be still and let God answer? Or do we just do a little prayer out there and just keep going merrily on down the road and fighting the battle however we think we need to? Do we trust in the Lord? If you'll take time to look up that phrase, it's in the Bible dozens of times. Trust in the Lord. Over and over again, he tells us, trust in him, trust in God, trust in the Lord. Do we do that? Trust in the Lord, for he is good. That one's found more than trust in the Lord. He is good. Do you believe that? Is that the way you lived your life? Trust in the Lord, for he is good. Be quiet, be still and let him fight your battles. He's told us he'll do it. He's begged us to give him the opportunity to do it. But as his people, we tend to go through life thinking it's all up to us. Brother, and that's Satan moving in in your life to cause you the hardship and to take your joy and your peace away from this day because you are so concerned about whatever that you can't really enjoy the day. You can't have the peace that surpasses all understanding. Look at James 5 and 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. What does pitiful mean here? You ever thought about that? It means very compassionate. The Lord is very compassionate and of tender mercy, and he has those feelings for you and for me. And for us to experience that, he asks us to be patient. How long do we have to be patient? Brethren, I can not tell you that. I don't know. But if we'll be patient, God will deal with whatever the issue is we've got in front of us. Be quiet, trust in the Lord, for he is good. Let him use his extreme compassion and his tender mercies and shower them down upon (laughs) us. Matthew 6, 34. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. That's kind of a hard one, isn't it? How many of us practice that every day? You know, and we've got troubles that are surrounding us. It's really hard to not get drawn into what ifs tomorrow, next week, next month. What if, what if, what if. Saying, "Don't worry about that. Take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself sufficient unto the day is evil thereof." God's asking us, please take one day at a time and enjoy it. God gave it to us. God blessed us with this day, right here. It's unpromised, and He gave it to us. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let God handle tomorrow. Enjoy today. Count the blessings God's given us today. And don't worry about tomorrow. The difference between success and victory and failure and defeat is our ability to focus on living for God today. It's what you've got to do. It's what we all have to do. But Satan's there to attack us every single day of our life. And the easiest way to get us, make us concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, tomorrow it's going to be really bad. You know, that terrible thing you think's coming, it's going to be there tomorrow, if not tomorrow, the next day. It gets you thinking about and get me thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week. And we lose the joy of today. Don't let that happen to you. God doesn't want that to happen to you. He wants you to rejoice and be happy. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. Now I'll ask again. What doesn't that cover? What's a restriction on that statement? Be careful for nothing. I don't think God said there be careful for nothing except those little things. You know, Sean's been talking about Song of Solomon on Wednesday night, and he talks about those little foxes that we sometimes allow in our vineyard that nibble at us, that pester us, that work against us. If we allow them to stay there, they'll finally eat all the fruit out of the vineyard, and it will destroy your marriage. Well, guess what? It'll also destroy your life because you will find yourself in that depressed state. Well, okay, so what do we do? We're careful from nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Does that describe you? Prayer and supplication, and then look what else he says. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He has blessed us so every single day of our life. Sure, we got problems. We got issues. Don't let them take your joy today. Don't let them steal your happiness today. Let God handle tomorrow. Be careful for nothing. With prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, approach the mighty, powerful, wonderful God we serve. And whose we are, and let him do what he wants to do for us. Nothing is too big, and nothing is too small. We've seen that now two different times, and there's others. Didn't choose, write them all down, present them all. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You ever experience that peace that only God can give you? That peace that passes all understanding. God will do that for you. Because you see, God will keep your hearts heart and your mind preserved for him and his service through christ jesus trust in the lord for he is good rejoice and be happy in every day and don't worry about tomorrow let's look at psalms 55 and 22 Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. There's a lot of information in this verse, brother. What are your burdens? Maybe your burdens are sickness, illness, physical problems disease, maybe they're addictions, there are all kinds of addictions, is that your problem? Maybe your problem is marital problems, you and your spouse just aren't getting along, which makes your home and your family very volatile, maybe it's family problems, maybe it's your kids, your in-laws. Issues outside of your home but in your family that affect your life. Maybe your problems are secret. Maybe they're secret problems that you're dealing with that you pray nobody else knows about. Maybe it's pornography, adultery, fornication, substance abuse. Maybe your problems are financial find yourself in a position where you just don't have the money to meet your obligations you can't pay all your bills and of course we've already talked about this more than once depression depression results from us trying to deal with all these burdens and problems ourselves without going to god you know You have here in this family, good and godly men and women that are able to counsel and instruct you and direct you in the word of God in such a way as to deal with every one of these issues, every one of them. And nobody here is going to judge you about anything. You know why? Because we've all been there. Maybe we're not dealing with the exact problem you're dealing with today, but I can assure you that there are people here that have. We all have problems. We all have a past. We all have a history. We all have things that have cut our knees out from under us and left us face down in the dirt. The difference is seek God allow him to help you allow him to guide you allow god's people to support you and to encourage you and help you your family right here to work on your behalf on any issue you have please turn to philippians 3 and 14. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Of course, this is Paul talking. Paul had a very interesting life, as we all know. We're not going to talk about that, but that was his statement. Keep going. Don't give up. Keep pushing forward with faith and prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We have the ability to access the most powerful, mighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of all of us. He's created all of it out of nothing. God cares for you. God cares for me. He cares for all of us. And he will keep you in his arms in his family, if you will just let him. Philippians 4 11 and 12. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therein to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to God's talking about his life. He's also talking about our life. God never promised us a rose garden. He never promised us that everything's going to go our way all the time. What he did promise us is that he will be there when we need him. He will help us get through these problems. He will provide the support, the encouragement. We need to deal with those issues, with those burdens in our life. Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Brother, is that your position? Do you live your life that way? Do you believe that? I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. There's nothing I can't do. There's nothing you can't do the ability to deal with and solve all those problems we have, to deal with all the burdens we have. Nothing you or I will ever face is beyond God's control. Nothing. Our God has unlimited compassion and unlimited mercy that he wants to bestow upon each of us All the time. So that we can live today and rejoice and be glad in it. For it's a day the Lord has made. And he gave you the ability to get up today and enjoy it. Don't let Satan steal that from you. Don't let Satan take that away from you. Jeremiah 17 and 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Be blessed this way. Be blessed this way. God's there. He's ready to help you. He's ready to help me. Give him a chance. Be quiet. Be still. Trust in the Lord for he is good. Romans 8, 28. We all know this verse. I'm sure probably most people here can quote this verse without looking at it. And we know that all things work together for good. To them love the Lord according to his purpose. We tend to want to leave off that last few words there. We want to stop at all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, and whenever they don't work out the way we think they should, then we say, all right, that's not true. No, according to his purpose. Brethren, I can tell you, things come your way that you don't understand. Difficulties happen that you don't know how to deal with. And you can see nothing good coming out of it, absolutely nothing at all. I've had those occurrences in my life. I'm sure you have too. We all have. We can see nothing. And sometimes it takes years and years for us to see God's plan work out and see what the good came from that awful situation. That doesn't change the fact that we are to trust in God for he is good and live today for him with rejoicing and thanksgiving that we have been blessed to live this day without letting Satan tie us up in knots with concerns about tomorrow. No matter matter how bad your burden is, how big it is, how insurmountable it is, trust in God, and he will take care of you will preserve you psalms 37 and 39 but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord he is their strength in time of trouble live for God live for God today don't worry about tomorrow he's already there he's got he knows what's gonna happen tomorrow he said he's gonna preserve us he said he's gonna take care of us trust him to do that Please turn to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. This is when Paul had asked God for relief of his physical issue three different times. And God said no. And he says here in verse 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength. For God's strength is made perfect. In weakness God's strength is made perfect in your weakness God's strength is made perfect in my weakness that's how God's strength is made perfect our mighty God our most powerful God his strength is made perfect in our weakness because we allow him To deal with those things that Satan's bringing in us to beat us down to drive us out of God's grace and mercy to remove us from God's kingdom to cause us to say I can't do it I'm leaving I'm out of here don't let Satan do that to you don't let Satan steal your joy today don't let Satan affect your life today trust in the lord for he is good and let god's strength be made perfect in your weakness that's god saying that that's not me god's strength is made perfect in my weakness let him do that let him do that for you most gladly therefore will i rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, brethren, allow God to perfect his strength in us by casting our burdens and our cares upon him. God has your back. Live like it. Rejoice and be glad in it. Don't let Satan pull you down. Every day you get up, rejoice and be glad that you have another day to live for God. To be that light that shines in the darkness around us. To express that joy to those we come in contact with. No matter what the situation is. Trust in the Lord for he is good. 2 Corinthians 2 and 10. Therefore I take pleasure in affirmities and reproaches and in necessities and in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We are strongest when we trust in God. You're strongest when you trust in God. God's got your back. He's going to take care of you. Don't worry about tomorrow. He's already there. He knows what's coming. Live for today. Live for God today. Rejoice. Be happy. Celebrate the fact that God's given you another day here in this creation to spend with your family, your friends, your church family, to do those things you enjoy doing, to live life to the fullest extent that you can. Be thankful and rejoice. You know, when we let the cares of our life and concerns for the future rob us of our joy, today, we've let Satan win, haven't we? Satan wins when we let that happen. If you go through today with a frown on your face, and so concerned about what's coming tomorrow that you can't hardly imagine it, same as one today. Don't let him do that. Don't let him take your joy away today. Trust God to have tomorrow. Don't let Satan attack your faith. All he wants to do is cause you to have that down, depressed attitude. To be so concerned about tomorrow that you can't enjoy today. That's what he's looking to accomplish. God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Seek God. Be still. Be quiet. And let God deal with you. He's got it. You just got to let him have it. I want to close out with James 1 and 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Be blessed. Be blessed because you endured whatever the temptation was, whatever the burden is, whatever is before you. You endured it today, and you did it with joy and thanksgiving. You lived life today with a smile on your face. You went through life today as happy and as content as you possibly could because you have your faith and your trust in God. He's got your back. If you're here this morning and you don't think God's got your back, Maybe you've never obeyed the gospel. You're still walking around with a lifetime of sin on your back. Maybe you want to get rid of that. You know, once you obey the gospel and are baptized, you wash away all that sin. It's gone. It's no longer there. And that burden is very great. For most people that have never obeyed the gospel they're always concerned about it get rid of it obey the gospel and wash away that burden that sin or maybe you're a child of god that has found it very easy to fall into these traps that satan sets for us you know he sends out those challenges he puts them before us we have difficulties and adversities and We have adopted one of those many unworkable plans on how to deal with them because we didn't have time for God, because we really don't have the faith that's required to do that. You know, all these blessings that God has for us requires faith. You're not going to access any of them without faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Maybe you don't spend enough time in the Word of God to have the faith to believe it. I pray that'll change maybe you need the prayers of your church family to help you cope with those issues and to access those blessings if there's one of the class we invite you to come as we stand and sing <coughs>